Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. They have to understand I chose to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And, and the Bernabeu blinks it back! And I've got a problem with soccer, to be fair. Football. Oh, what a start! What I can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret. How's the champions, everybody? YouTube friends, dropping your comments and questions in that chat. And make sure you hammer the like and subscribe buttons as we preview the second leg of the round of 16 games in the UEFA Champions League in the House of Champions. Today, we got, of course, the loudmouth. There he is, Nigel Rio Coker. Then we've got the other loudmouth, Michael Hood, after a nice Austin win this weekend. Uh, boys, what's up, man? Mike, how are you doing? You got a big smile on your face. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Austin FC redeemed themselves at the weekend. United, well, actually, I guess I'm not doing well. I started talking about United. But, you know, we're talking Champions League, so all is forgotten. All is forgiven. Yeah, and he's got a smile on his face because he's in his bloody dungeon. Look at that, mate. He's, he's got the curtains up because we can't see what goes on behind that dungeon there, mate. That's why he's smiling. Can't you be smiling that much because, man, United had a bit of a stinker this weekend anyway. Let's get going here. Let's go. You know why he's got that up there, right, though? He's hiding all of his scarves now. Now he's no longer a Manchester United <laughs> fan, a Leeds fan. He might be an Austin fan because they won. All right, let's get into it. Champions League round of 16. Second legs coming up this weekend. We got some great games to look forward to on Tuesday and Wednesday. I mean, it's a great week for you, everybody across the board, the CBS Sports family. Uh, but Manchester City against Leipzig, Porto against Inter Milan to look forward to first and foremost on Tuesday. Two great games, obviously City and uh, Leipzig tied at 1-1 going back to the Manchester Stadium. And then Porto, they got work to do against Inter Milan. They're 1-0 down. But as we focus on this Manchester City-Leipzig game, Mike, I'll come to you first on this one here. City were okay at Palace. They were not great. Uh, Haaland did score again. Um, I'm finding it a bit annoying and a bit strange with these weird celebrations he keeps doing in front of people's faces. He's lucky he doesn't get pinged in that. Tell you, I'll tell you right now, Nigel knows what I'm talking about. In that tunnel right there, he's lucky he doesn't get pinged in that tunnel right there with the way he's been acting. But Erling Haaland going up against uh, Leipzig here, obviously a former Red Bull sort of system player being in Salzburg. You would expect him to have an impact on this game and see City go through, right? Or am I mistaken here? I think he'll be the focal point because that's how City's team and attack are built. Rightfully so. He's got the goals to back it up so far this season. But I'm looking out wide on the flanks. Look no further than Riyad Mahrez when it comes to the Champions League knockout stages for Manchester City. Remember, he got the goal in the first leg. City were dominant in that first half. And then they switched off in the second half. Pep Guardiola did not make an adjustment, did not make a single sub in that first leg tie at Leipzig. 
Don't think he'll do the same. Riyad Mahrez, what he does so well, his ability to play either coming in centrally and play off the shoulder of Holland as he did when he got the goal or taking his defender 1v1 and skinning him to the byline, cutting it to his left foot and having a shot at goal, has a brilliant goal record in the Champions League for Manchester City. I think seven goals. And against Leipzig, he knows how to score. He scored in each of the last three times they played Leipzig. To all our listeners, just before I get into it, if Michael LaHood backs your team, you're screwed. I'm just letting you know, if Michael backs your team, you are absolutely screwed. You might as well start praying, go get some, uh, go get, um, oh boy. I don't even know what to get, but it some ain't going to help you. Anyway, yeah. so, Ian, I like your comment about Haaland, because you know what? I've seen that recently as well, but I don't know what it is with him. He just seems like a very angry man for some reason, like he wants to fight the world. And back in our generation, I would love that because the reality of it is <laughs> I would absolutely smash him. I would take a yellow card for that just to cut him down a few levels. But we could have got away with that in our generation because there wasn't VAR. There wasn't cameras everywhere. And I think this generation, they know it and that's why they do what they do. But in our generation, you know what it was. Players used to talk. And if there was a player that players did not like, someone in that team would take a yellow card. It would be two yellow cards just to smash you. And you used to do it in front of the referee. Say, you know, I know I'm going to get booked. I'm going to hurt you and make sure you realize and remember this. But I understand that. <laughs> I would too. I, I definitely would. It's, 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 it's just, it's getting a bit too much now where, okay, you're Haaland, you're scoring goals, you're doing well, but don't get in my face. Like, yeah. Don't get in my face. You don't know where I'm from. Like, forget it's that. A, it's, it's certainly a very violent start to <laughs> yeah. House of Champions. I want to thank everybody for joining, joining <laughs> yeah. us in the House of Violence today. Our Never fans want to know the truth. They want to know what happens in dressing rooms and stuff. That <laughs> everything, happens, everything good- right? I'll tell you a story. Everything good, night. Huh? <laughs> Everything good. No, I'll just be honest. It's a quick one. My One of my teammates that I played with, we used to play, obviously, together and stuff, and there was players that we did not like. And when we didn't like this player, we used to say, right, I'm going to do him. And we used to talk to each other. And then I, if he was booked already, I was like, you can't do him. Don't worry, I'll get him back for you. And I used to do it. I used to smash him. That's what we used to do. Anyway, Man City narrowly got the win against Crystal Palace this weekend. And I give him credit. It was an ugly win, but it means so much. And you can see by how they're celebrating. Champions League, for me, is a different kettle of fish. It's a different animal. I personally feel these two ties we're going to discuss could go either way. It's what team can really get that this is our cup final mentality. Because I'm still not fully convinced that Man City could go all the way to win this competition. I still feel that they're vulnerable defensively. I feel if they don't start the game well and concede one or two early, it's not the same City where you will see will play their way back in to come and win convincingly. I feel that, for me, this could go either way. You know, I'm not 100% convinced by Leipzig as well, because obviously they've been inconsistent in their league. But this could be their cup final where they could really turn it on because they could cause problems for City. If they play direct... If they play high pressing and press City from the back, don't let them play comfortably out the back, running down the channels, they can cause this City problems because they still have problems backing that left-hand side and at times down that right-hand side. And Leipzig have the players with the pace to expose these problems, but they can't sit back and show City too much respect. It definitely could be a cup final for them. And that's why I feel that this game could go either way. The only advantage I will give City is them being at home and what that fan base could be to really re-energise those players. 
Listen, it's a massive game for Manchester City. Obviously, Mike, we know what City Football Group want. They want their hands on that trophy, but so does the Red Bull system. Let's not forget that. Leipzig were not too far away a few years ago, making it all the way to the semi-final, if I'm not mistaken. And um, this is a good Leipzig side right now. The way that they're performing, they are consistent outside of that defeat against Dortmund, where maybe they could learn a thing or two as to how you approach a game, a big game, big game mentality, and you need your big game players to step up here. We know that Marco Rosa is probably the right man to lead this team forward. But I do recognize there is a vulnerability that Nigel's pointing out here in this City defense that absolutely you could see Leipzig try to exploit. They do have Silva, they do have Forsberg, they do have Timo Werner, which obviously Werner knows playing against City quite a lot in the Premier League, and he has played against them before in the Champions League as well. But this is a Leipzig team that could cause some serious problems here. And I wish you would have said, I wish we could say, and they do have in Kunku. That would be the X factor that would give me much more confidence going into the second leg to say, I'm going to pick Leipzig. What I saw at the weekend in that first half display against Borussia Mönchengladbach does not give me as much confidence. Oh, there we go. As Noah Nigel said, that the Champions League is different from the Bundesliga or from league play. It's you have to have momentum going into the tie. You just can't show up and just put on a different cape and be like, oh, yeah, it's the Champions League, unless your name is Real Madrid. Then you can do whatever mm -hmm. the hell you want. What I do like <laughs> about Leipzig, though, is you're having different goal scorers step up. It's just not a one-man show. In the first half of the season, it was all in Cuckoo, and the rest of the team was following. Emil Forsberg, he has been in Fuego. Four goals in his last four Bundesliga games, scored the only goal against Borussia Dortmund, which – that tells you he's becoming more of a consistent player in the second half of the season, more of a big game player. But as Nigel said, what I liked about how they played in the second half against Manchester City, they got more aggressive. It was the outside backs who were going to press and the front four were being so aggressive, forcing turnovers. And when they went after City, they went wave after wave. I think the first half of this matchup will be crucial. If they do not concede, they will grow into the game in the second half. They have key players like Dominic Sobitzlai, who is a bit quiet in that first leg. I want to see more from him in the second leg because he can be the difference maker. I'll put a button on it. You're right, Mike. I think for me, Leipzig have nothing to fear. All the pressure is on Manchester City. Again, this weekend, you see the celebrations. They knew what it was to win in the, in the Premier League in defense of winning ugly. Kevin De Bruyne aside on the bench and came on, which shows how important this game is. So I'm sure he'll start this game. But Leipzig don't need to concede in the first 15, 20 minutes. Hold out. Keep the stadium and the fans quiet. Grow into the game. Use those players. And like you said, Nkuku running down the channels, running in behind in the side. They can cause this Man City problem, but they need to be aggressive. They can't show Manchester City so much respect and sit off them and let them play because Manchester City will win if they do that. Yep, I think you're right. I think they have to really go for it here in Leipzig. They've got nothing to lose because nobody's expecting them to go through in this tie, so they might as well go and try and play. Like what they did in the second half, they were poor in the first half, but let's not forget that they made it an interesting game in the second half. They've got a great centre-back in Guvardiol. We know what they've got going forward. And in midfield as well, they've got a few battlers there that can try and contest. Some great comments coming in here. Guvardiol did a good job shutting out Erling Haaland there, which is a great comment. This is what to watch mm -hmm. out for in the second leg because we have been talking about this battle. Erling Haaland, he seems to be getting rattled by a lot of centre-backs and he's making it personal. Go ahead, Nigel. Just a quick one, Ian. We forgot to mention how much of a threat he can be in set pieces for corners yeah. and free kicks. 
Yeah, and that's my, that may be where Leipzig are spending a lot of their time on the training ground because we know they can win set plays around the penalty area and win corner kicks as well. So no doubt about it. Some great comments coming in here and probably my favorite one was there less of champions, more house of dragons, please, was the comment coming in <laughs> from Ed. We appreciate you. Let's turn our attention to the other game which is taking place on Tuesday. It's Porto against Inter Milan. Um this is a great game to look forward to here. I mean, Porto at home should be tough for Inter as far as I'm concerned. Nobody's expecting Porto to go through in this tie, which I think is pretty crazy, especially with the mm. way Porto played in that first tie, Mike. Porto played really well. They were really unfortunate, obviously, having uh, conceded that one goal late on in the game. But Inter Milan seems to be everybody's favorites right now. Do you agree? I'm I'm not seeing it. Maybe everyone's just going on Google searches, maybe impressions online and bigger name, but that's about it. If you watch the first leg, you would have known that FC Porto for about 60 minutes were the better team playing at the San Siro. Andre Onana, he stood on his head making point blank saves. He had the one or two against Medi Taremi. That's who FC Porto at home. Taremi has a great goal record when he plays at home for the Dragons at the Dragal. Look for him to be up and running. He scored at the weekend. FC Porto, there's a bit of confusion and, and question marks after them. They lost in the league game 2-1 against Gilles Vicente, but they're back in the swing of things, back-to-back -back victories for Inter Milan. Jeez, what can I say about this team? Every time I've picked them, it's gone wrong. So I'm going to go against them finally, Nige. I'm going to go against them. No, and who no. Knows? Maybe they'll them. actually Stick with win. Them. Stick. Listen, don't ruin my Portuguese <laughs> wine that I like, all right? Stick with Inter Milan. Please. I will. Okay, last comment from me on this. For Inter Milan, you have gotten good results at home. Yes, you won the first leg 1-0. Romelu Lukaku, who you picked, Nige, to come off the bench and score the winning goal. Congrats to you. I meant to say that last time out when we did the recap. But what's concerning about me, their last two away matches, they've lost. 1-0 to Bologna, 2-1 to Spezia. La Torre Martinez, who, gosh, I keep on this guy to prove me right of a big game player. He missed a penalty kick at the weekend. You can't be doing that if you are the go-to player for Inter Milan. And it was much ado about nothing from Inter. Denzel Dumfries as well. Oh, geez. Less said about him, the better. I'm not as confident about this Inter team <laughs> in the second leg going up against the FC Porto team who were made to be disruptive, who were made to upset in this tie. Mike Vick just jumped in here and he said, stay with Inter, please, so that they can bottle it, Mike. <laughs> Nigel, oh, what you got in this game? Like, Ian, listen, I'm going to go in a complete different direction. I'm just going to say this. Football without fans is nothing. Porto at home with the Porto fans knowing what's at stake and it's an achievable goal to beat Inter Milan. Let's not make it seem like it's virtually impossible. This uh, is, again, that's why I said it's another cup final. Porto fans will also be looking at how good Benfica are doing and what Benfica are doing. So they'll want to compete with that. They know the impact they can play in this game. They can make it such an intimidating atmosphere for Inter Milan. They can really energise this team to win tonight just by the fans alone. Because we already know Porto are a good team. I've seen greater consistency in Porto in the style of play, how they play, the mix of experience, youth, from playing football from back to front, from being quick on the counter-attack. They can really adapt to every style of football. What we've seen of Inter Milan, inconsistency. Periods of good Inter Milan and periods of what is going on Inter Milan. We haven't ever seen any great Inter Milan throughout this season. Let's be honest about that. They haven't been yeah. great. They do have individual players who can beat match winners at times. But I just personally believe the atmosphere 
of Porto being at home, they're going to get this win just because of the fans. Again, fans play their part. Porto fans will be looking at Benfica. They'll be like, we need to be competing with them. And right now for Portuguese teams, it's a great time for Champions League football. We haven't seen anything like this in a long time for how far they're getting in the competition and winnable and achievable goals. So I just feel for me, football without fans is nothing. And I'm going to be concentrating on them being at home with their fan base. Forget the players, forget tactics. Because when those fans get there, that is that 12th man spirit that you can never put into words as a player. And we've all experienced that. And I feel that's where the, the power comes from tonight. There's a great comment from Sumo85. He says, as a Benfica fan, I'm saying that mm. Porto are going through. What says you, oh, Mike? Babe. Give me a score prediction on both games. We'll begin, obviously, with that Manchester City game against Leipzig and then give me your prediction also for this game as well. I think that although we're saying how competitive Leipzig could be and can be, I think City are going to just score goal after goal. City have a good goal-scoring record at home in the knockout stages for the UEFA Champions League. I'm going 3-1 Manchester City. Riyad Mahrez will be on the score sheet. And Porto? in the other game for FC Porto, I go 2-1 FC Porto. Mediterranean to be on the score sheet. Whoa. I'm going uh, opposite to Michael because that's what you just got to do. I'm going Leipzig <laughs> to win 3-1. And then for Porto, three I'm going one? for a 3-0 win for Porto against Inter Milan. So you said Leipzig 3-1? I'm wow. going for the upset. I'm going for the upset. I really that's just feel that Leipzig could cause the upset. I'm telling you, like, you know, like what Ian says, that there's not there's something not quite right at Bayern. <laughs> well, for me, there's something not quite right at City still, even when it comes to Champions League. I well, we'll soon find out. Me. We'll soon find out if there's something not quite right with you, Nigel Rio Coco, with the results <laughs> coming in tomorrow. Great predictions right there. All right, we're going to take a short time out. When we come back, we'll be discussing Wednesday's fixtures in the Champions League. All right, welcome back. Now, this is Champions, everybody. Real Madrid, Liverpool, Napoli against Frankfurt on Wednesday, round of 16, second leg ties. Let's go to Real Madrid against Liverpool. Mike here, this one's a mountain to climb. I mean, such a large lead that Real Madrid have, you would expect them to already be through in this tie. Um, but I guess anything can happen in the Champions League. Could you potentially see Liverpool getting a few goals in this game? I think they'll score a goal, maybe score a goal or two. But I also think Madrid will score on the other side because they have Vinicius Jr. This guy has scored the last two times out. He scored against Liverpool, one of them being the Champions League final, the lone goal and the 1-0 win, and put on a masterclass against Trent Alexander-Arnold. That matchup, Liverpool do not have an answer for him as well as the likes of Luka Modric, but on set pieces, that's what concerns me. Eder Militao, that goal they gave up, Liverpool falling asleep, Militao scoring again at the weekend. I just think that three-goal cushion that Madrid have is too much. If this tie was the other way around and it was 5-2 Madrid in the first leg, at the burnabout going to Anfield, I could actually picture a Liverpool comeback, but it's not. They're going to Madrid, and Madrid will do the business. Mm. I'll have to agree with you, Mike. I think them being uh, at Madrid plays the big part. It's, this isn't them playing, playing at Anfield to try and overturn that with that tremendous fan base that they have. I think what's a big setback for Liverpool is the loss this weekend to Bournemouth down on the south coast. I think that was a really bit of a setback, a bit of a reality check after they smashed your United 7 up. Uh, I mean, 7, I, seven whatever. I, did, I, I missed that. I, yeah. I was asleep anyway, for that day. Um, <laughs> uh, do you know what it is, Ian? I think, I think for me, when you look at this tie, it's like two billionaires going at it, just trying to find something to do with their money to kind of make the other one look bad. That's how I look at this tie. And it's crazy to analyse it like that. But I look at it the fact of Real Madrid respect Liverpool because of what they've done historically as a club and how they are in the world. 
but I'm sure that they would want to embarrass them more so. So I can't see Real Madrid sitting back taking it lightly because lightly because that would be a silly thing to do anyway. Liverpool do have the talent, they have the players, and it's football. Anything can happen. But I can see Real Madrid want to put on a performance again in front of their fans and want to make Liverpool feel embarrassed to say, no, we are the biggest club in the world. Like, you guys are trying to come to catch us, but we are the big boys of this. And as I've always said, Real Madrid, when it comes to Champions League, it's a different mentality. Forget their domestic form. Because I personally feel that every time any player signed at Real Madrid, they're told Champions League is number one goal. I don't really even feel that La Liga domestically is a goal for them that much. I feel it's Champions League. They're a different animal, a different mentality. It's a huge ask for Liverpool, but I personally feel that for me, that it's such a tough ask to ask to go to Madrid and do it. And like Michael said, Vinicius Junior for me is one of the best players in world football. He can rip apart any team and Liverpool haven't really been there great defensively still throughout this entire season. I find it hard to ignore what's going on at Real Madrid, though, Nigel. I mean, they only had one win since that game. I think it was uh, two draws and a loss before the win at the weekend against Espanyol. They haven't been great, Real Madrid and league, and I, I get it. I understand your point of view here. Listen, the Champions League is everything. we got to go all the way, and we have doubted Real Madrid before. They made it all the way to the final and won it. But it's hard for me to turn my attention away from the fact that Benzema plays when he wants. He's obviously yeah. missing games now and again. He just like comes back in. Looks like he's going to be back in the lineup again for this Liverpool guy. <laughs> but like, I find it very hard right now watching Real Madrid. Most of the games that I've watched, it's been disappointing. It's been poor football. It's been frustrating football. I can't imagine what it's like to be a Real Madrid fan. If anybody out there is a Real Madrid fan, what has it been like for you watching your team outside of obviously what's happening in the Champions League? I want to know what you're feeling with the domestic football action right now because it has been really interesting. The form hasn't been great. They've been very inconsistent. I've been a bit frustrated with Benzema. He's been frustrated with the lack of opportunity in front of goal. It looks like everybody is targeting Vinny Jr., by the way, in the domestic league, which is insane. Um, but at the same time, I find it hard to say, hey, you know what? Real Madrid can turn up and, and win this game 4-0. They can. But we saw uh, what happened with Manchester United and Liverpool. Liverpool put seven past Manchester United. So I think there is an opportunity that Liverpool could score two or three goals in this game and make this tie interesting. I just don't know if they can stop Real Madrid from scoring. Sorry, Nigel. Go. No, no, you don't have to apologize. I'm going to come into you, though. You made a great point and I want to come back with you. Real Madrid right now still re realistically are in a transition point. There's the passing of the old guard. You talk about Modric and Cruz and the ones coming through. Would you rather be in Real Madrid's shoes right now in this transition or Liverpool's shoes? Real Madrid is still second in the league. They look very comfortable Champions League, while Liverpool could be basically on the way out of Champions League and they're still struggling domestically in the Premier League of getting any kind of consistency. So mm. whose billionaire shoes would you rather be in? I personally feel, like I said, it's a different mentality when it comes to Champions League. These players, you know what it's like. There's certain games that come up where everything is forgotten. And a lot of this, I always say this, it stems from messaging from the managers and coaches in that dressing room. I think that is what plays a part. And as always, fans play a part. Real Madrid fans would want these players to batter Liverpool today. And I don't think they're going to batter them, but I believe they're going to get the job done. But I think when you look at both clubs, comparison to what they're both going through domestically and the change of the guards of the players coming in, you still would rather be in Real Madrid's position than being in Liverpool's position. Mm -hmm. yeah, when I look at the timeline, you bring up a, a good point, Ian, about the inconsistency, about the drop in form in league play. When I look at the timeline, it all centered around the World Cup. Going into the World Cup, we were saying, oh, wow, Real Madrid, Germany, all these new players, they look cohesive, they're dominant. 
And then after the World Cup, they got smashed by Barcelona in the Spanish Supercopa. And the wheels kind of started rattling a bit, but they look like a cohesive unit in the Champions League. I think that is the unifier. Madrid, they're an emotional team. They're an emotional group. The fan base is very emotional for right reasons. And they live for Champions League nights. They live for nights like this. On the Liverpool side, the one way they can get at Real Madrid, at left back, Madrid will most likely have Eduardo Camavinga, who, surprising to most people, Carlo Ancelotti doing the unthinkable, following Didier Deschamps and putting him at left back, Camavinga can be a bit of a wild card. Mohamed Salah, if there was ever a time, and I'm ignoring the Manchester United game because that never happened in my mind, but if there was ever a time for him to have one of his best games of the season, it is to go after a player who is not a natural left back in Camavinga. We've seen what happens when he comes alive for Liverpool. Cody Gakpo starts coming alive, but Mohamed Salah, he could be the catalyst for something beautiful if Liverpool to get anything from this. Nigel, you look like you were going to add something now. I was going to add something to that, but uh, how did Camavinga <laughs> do a left back for France? He didn't do a bad job, did he? Just saying. You better put Just some saying. respect on Camavinga's name. I'm sorry. Just I hate when people saying. talk about Camavinga like he isn't a top player. Let's be real. He might not be playing consistently. Never said he wasn't. He is a top player. I don't care. He's one of those players that I know if I was a manager or coach, I could rely on him. I could put him anywhere on the pitch and I know I'm going to get a minimum 7 out of 10. Yeah, good point there. Let's move on to the other game that's taking place on Wednesday. It's Napoli against Frankfurt. A very interesting story coming into this game, obviously about the Frankfurt fans being banned. And it looks like there will be some Frankfurt fans in attendance, but it's a very strange ruling that's come out here. It looks like people who are inside Frankfurt cannot purchase tickets for this game. Um, I suggest you go and read up about this one because it's ever-changing every single moment about this one. Very strange situation. Um, but at the end of the day here, um, Mike, this is uh, Frankfurt with no Colo Muani. He's suspended after his red card here. After watching Napoli at the weekend after watching Napoli this season uh, it's hard not to be impressed with what Napoli are doing and Kvaraschgelia's goal at the weekend was something very very special indeed there are superstar performers for this Napoli side right now Osman clearly he's obviously one that should win the golden boot uh, domestically and um, but what Kvara is doing right now probably one of the most exciting young players I have seen for a very very long time uh, I think week in and week out him and Victor Osman are really trying to make a statement of who is going to be Syria player of the season. And you, you can't help but tip that nod to Cavada after that solo goal, wonder goal. I mean, left all those defenders on skates. And I think that will be the meme of the season in Syria could be the meme of the season in word, 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 ugh, world football. And yes, for the ninth time, I'm going to ignore the Manchester United seven up cans because that never happen for this Napoli team. What I love about them is they can play in so many different ways. They can hit you on the counter, sit defensively. The fact that at Germany and Frankfurt, they, they kept a shutout. The fact that Frankfurt does not have their best player and really their lifeline in Kolo Moani, it's so hard to see a way forward for Frankfurt. I think this is the end of the road for the Germans. Napoli, they've diversified how they get their goals. They have their two talismans in Cavada and Victor Osman, but they're also getting support from the likes of Lozano. Di Lorenzo, I thought, was excellent at right back in the first leg. Labatka shutting things down in midfield. This is a complete Napoli side that it's hard to not think that they can go and do something even more special than qualify for the next round. Mm -hmm. Are we Nigel. talking Napoli? 
We talking mm-hmm. Napoli. We talking Quicha Qualescalia. That's the man <laughs> right there. Listen, there's not much else for me to really say. Napoli for me have been the best club to watch in European football, and they have been sensational. I hope they go on to win the Champions League. I think it's a great story for football fans because of the style of play that they do. Like Michael said, they're aggressive. They play front foot football. They just want to score goals. They don't respect anybody. They don't fear anybody. And I love that. And all of that is credit to the manager. The way he's got this team playing is sensational. Yes, you're going to talk about Osman and Kualaskelia, but I'm going to say this now. And to all our fans listening, I dare you to disagree with me. Kim is the world's best centre-back in world football right now. Forget all your players at Real Madrid, Arsenal, that. Kim at Napoli, that centre-back there, is the best defender, centre-back defender in world football. Good on the ball, can read the game so well, defensive leader, dominant in the air, not scared of getting it. Kim is the best centre-back in world football, and I dare anyone to disagree with me. But I love this Napoli side, and uh, I think it's going to be a huge task for Frankfurt to get anything there, especially, again, Napoli being at home because football fans always play their part with what's at stake and it's going to be an electric atmosphere and no Frankfurt away fans is going to be difficult. Yeah, it looked like Kim came off the field as well. I was watching the game at the weekend. He came off the field with a slight injury. So let's hope that he is okay, actually, for this time. Maybe it's time for him to take a bit of a break here. I don't see there being too much threat coming from Frankfurt, who drew 1-1 against Stuttgart at the weekend. Some great comments coming in from everybody out there. Let's go. Napoli says Amy. AK77 says BX81. I think he's meaning that one for you there, Nigel. There, <laughs> Mohit is saying, Karachkilia with the fire emojis. We appreciate you all jumping in the comments as well. We're going to take a quick break now do you want to add something before we go it's funny though right because we talk about Qualescalia and again isn't he a player that's been recently linked with Real Madrid in this transition point and Arxie and again who's uh whose football club would you rather be in with all these transition and these players that are linked and coming in there uh, your favorite much, Bellingham with uh, Bellingham as well Qualescalia all going to Real Madrid <laughs> Jesus building money, for the future money, money, I guess money. All right, we're going to take a quick break. More to come from the House of Champions, boys. When we return, we're going to discuss a little bit of the Europa League, which is coming up on Thursday. Stay right down. Well, don't miss a second of the action from the greatest club competition on earth. That is, of course, the Champions League. Follow the biggest stars from the world of soccer like Sadio Mane, Karim Benzema, Victor Osimhen, and Erling Haaland as they try to clinch the most prestigious prize in the game. Stream every single match from the Champions League and Europa League live only on Paramount+. Plus. If you're looking for one month for free, Try using the promo code ADVANCE. Welcome back to House of Champions, everybody. Ian Joy, Michael Hood, and Nigel Rio Coker. As we turn our attention to the, the Europa League, it is the round of 16 second leg matchups. Some great ties to look forward to, guys. Here's a look at the uh, the rundown. Um, but I guess, Mike, I don't want to start on Manchester United. I actually want to start on this Arsenal against Sporting game because it Ooh. did finish 2-2 after the first leg. And it was That's a great nice. game. Really enjoyed watching that first leg. Um, what can we expect from the second leg between Arsenal and Sporting? I think this is going to be a bit of a more difficult tie than maybe Arsenal fans are giving it. I thought Sporting, yes, they're a team that are so expansive when they attack. They play with a back three, but they put a lot of numbers forward. They will be kicking themselves that they didn't get that knockout goal, that knockout blow, left the door open. Paulinha, Arsenal did not have an answer for him in the first leg, but it's so hard with Arsenal having Trossard back. He was not a factor in this. Gabriel Jesus back, supposedly could be available for this game. Arsenal getting the right bodies at the right time. They look more dangerous on set pieces. Saliba getting the goal. 
it's going to be a more difficult tie than maybe they might be giving it for it. But Arsenal, it's so hard to bet against them, especially given what they've done this season at home at the Emirates. Nigel? I think we're going to expect more of the same. What a tie. What a game it was. Open game. You know, Sporting are guilty of missing some very easy chances where they could have put that tie to bed. And I think it really is going to be exciting football. But Ian, put yourself in an Arsenal shirt as an Arsenal fan. As a fan, what would you want? The Premier League title or do you wait for Europa League final without guaranteeing to win it? Because there are still some very top sides in there. What would you want as a fan? Oh, I mean, Arsenal fans want the Premier League, no doubt. Mm-hmm. There you go. So I think it might be one of those situations there. I don't think they're going to completely disregard this competition, but I don't think they'll be too mad if they lose to Sporting or if they come out of this competition to give them the opportunity to focus on the Premier League title. Now, I'm not saying it's right, but no. again, you're speaking from the, the truth of a fan's perspective. They want the Premier League title. Really quickly, if it was the Champions League they were chasing in the Premier League, Ooh. what would it be? Arsenal fans, they definitely, if, if they won the Premier League already, I think it would be the Champions League would be the priority. They definitely would, would choose the, the Champions League. They've never won it. Yep, and that's a great point right there. It tells you the difference between the two competitions as well, though, right? Where your priorities lie. And that might be the same for Manchester United, Mike, as we turn our attention to their game against Betis. It's a difficult place to go play. They have the 4-1 advantage. Not being a great weekend, obviously, the red card to Casemiro. I thought it was a little bit unfortunate with the red card. It was yeah. a red, but I thought the way his leg rolled over the ball onto the shin, it was really unfortunate. And you could tell he was desperately disappointed. Yeah, you saw the emotions. You saw what it means to him. Uh, they're, they're a player of the season. Marcus Rashford has been getting the goals both in Europe and in the Premier League. But Casemiro, he is the heartbeat of this team. United, the best thing they did, the best thing about the first leg was that it came just days after the loss at Anfield to Liverpool. Immediate reaction. They put the tide to bed. Betis, they they forgot to show up. You saw the players with the gloves on. It was just misery. They didn't want to be on the field. Very disappointed from Betis. I see United going to Spain and just being professional and seeing this tie through. Nigel, any comment on Manchester United? No, I agree to that. My only worry for Manchester United is, again, we're going back to something that's been very um, repetitive in this current Manchester United side. It's the reliance on one player. Casemiro has become the heartbeat and he's become the vital man for Manchester United. A club like Manchester United, we shouldn't just be mentioning one player. Yes, obviously Rashford is scoring goals. You need to be mentioning at least four or five players every week for Manchester United that you're just that scared. But again, I feel like it's just getting back to that repetitive nature. First it was Ronaldo, now we just got Casemiro, Casemiro, Casemiro. And it's worrying. You need to get more players in the sense of more danger pieces for a club that big. You can't just have one player that's become the heartbeat of the club. Well, yeah, United with just advantage. Qu- Go ahead, Mike. Uh, just quick question for me. I think one player who could benefit from this second leg is Alejandro Garnacho. He's fallen off the pace a bit in the last couple of weeks. Ever since he dyed his hair blonde, there's something about this team. When players go to the barber, whoever that barber is, sack oh him. As God, soon as Michael. they go to the barber, they go and they just lose form. But Michael. ever since that hairdo, yes, Nige? Don't blame the hair dye, all right? Just, just leave it alone. I'm looking at a trend, looking at a trend, but he's kind of lost his focus a bit. He's a player that's really come to life in the Europa League. I think United will need him if they are to maintain top four. The title race, Michael, 
No title. Just race. say no. when the kid has started, he hasn't taken his opportunity from starting yet. Forget his hair being blonde. I could give um, him Nigel started but with the bleach hair. When he started, he hasn't taken his opportunity yet. That's what you should say. Leave his hair alone. Well, he has before, just not recently. Yeah, I'm gonna let you thing. know. I'm gonna let you know real quickly though that he did take a nasty knock and he came off the pitch yesterday mm. and he left the field in a boot, which is not a good sign Oof. for Ganacho. So we'll be interested to see how he is with his health wise as well. Amy's asking for an update. We don't have one yet. Uh, uh, Ian, ask about uh, Amy. Asks ask the question as well. Sorry to interrupt. Ian, she asks the question about Frankfurt fans if they're going to protest outside. Frankfurt fans will protest anywhere they go, whether everything's right in the world or not. They will find something to protest about, and that's exactly what they do. But what I find is absolutely ridiculous with the Frankfurt fans is that they're not allowed to buy a ticket for a game. I mean, I understand there was problems in Frankfurt between them and Napoli fans, and they can't guarantee safety of the Frankfurt fans, which is my utmost importance here. Um, but yeah, really quickly, it's very, uh, very dangerous game to play. But dangerous now, asking Frankfurt fans not to turn up because they'll find a way to be at that game, whether you like it or not. Let's get back to the Europa League real quickly. Let's touch upon Roma, they obviously had that victory 2-0 against Real Sociedad. Mike, um, anything here from Mourinho's side to worry about here? It is a difficult place to go play. It, it is, but this is Roma. Roma, they are built to defend. They will squeeze every single life out of this game. Sociedad, they will throw numbers forward. They have David Silva. They have some attackers who can make it difficult for you on the day, but I, I, it was underwhelming performance for them when they went to Italy, Roma getting the 2-0, keeping the zero. That was important before the second leg tie. Another great tie to look forward to, Nigel, is Juventus against Freiburg. Juve have a slight advantage, 1-0 going to Germany. Freiburg, not necessarily being the great side, a little bit inconsistency recently, but that is a tough place to go play for Juve. Could we see an upset here? Possible. I, I think so. One goal advantage isn't really enough in these competitions, I feel, especially against sides that... Um, I have the 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 weaponry to be able to overturn the tie, and I feel that Freiburg again. It's, it's just if if the fan base can get behind them and make it a very uncomfortable atmosphere for Juventus, it is possible. All right. Any other tie, Mike? You're looking forward to before we get out of here. I am looking forward to Sevilla Fenerbahce. I know that ended two nil. I watched that game from front to back. Why? Because I had nothing else to do on Thursday, um, <laughs> to be honest. But. That was a deceiving scoreline. Sevilla were not two goals better than Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce actually had chance after chance. Enter Valencia. He was just skating through players at home. Look for the Ecuadorian international to come up with the goals. I do not think this tie is over. I'm actually backing Fenerbahce to come from behind and get this tie and win it. Nigel, anything else from you? Nah. <laughs> All right. What, what what about the two Unions? I thought you were going to comment Ooh. on Union saint Joie and Union Berlin 3-3 after the first leg. Nobody expected goals in that game. I think everyone was betting on under two and a half goals and it ended up 3-3 in that game. So I'm expecting to see a bit of action. Uh, boys, great stuff as always. Just a reminder to everybody out there, um, we obviously want you to comment, want you to like and subscribe and listen to the podcast and share the, the show as much as you possibly can. Um, but we also want to remind you that we've got a busy schedule coming up this week on Tuesday and Wednesday. Wednesday post games as soon as those games are finished and wrapped up we will be live right here on House of Champions to get you all caught, caught up with the action get the boys uh, reactions to those games it will be pretty crazy and then on Friday we'll have uh, the draw live for you as well we'll be reacting to it with Fabrizio Romano it's going to be an early start for Michael LaHood in particular uh, good luck to you Mike trying to wake up at like 4 o'clock in the morning for that uh, one uh, but a lot of action coming from House of Champions your way uh, we got to go 
I got to disappear. I got to go to the doctor. My head's not right, so I'm getting out of here. So thanks to everybody for listening to the Champions. Make sure you take a minute to leave us a rating review on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Also available as video, so subscribe to us on YouTube. Much respect to everybody. I appreciate you all for jumping in the comments. This is your show, House of Champions. We'll see you again post-games Tuesday. Thank you.